0: Do you ever feel like you're in the fire? Do you ever feel like you're in the fire? Have you ever felt like you've been in the fire? Let's just ask that question. You been there, done that? I leaned over to Chris just a minute ago with all these technical difficulties. I said, hey, do you feel like you're in the fire? And he said, oh, yeah, like I'm being drugged straight through the fire today in that technical difficulties always happen. It never fails. You're going to have something that's going to go on uh, with that aspect. Uh, Tyler, thank you for uh, leading leading in that song. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. And yes, we're going to read the whole chapter. Okay, I think there's like 750 verses, but we'll get there. Um, no, there's a lot of verses, but that's okay. I'm just going to read the story, then I'm going to highlight just a few things today. We've been in uh, this series called Unshakable. And today we're in Daniel chapter 3, and there's another in the fire is the title of the message. And so what I want us to do is we've been in... Uh, memorizing some verses, and how many of you feel like you've done a pretty decent job of the memory verses per series so far? Yeah, I've got one hand. That's good. How many of you just feel like you just I just can't do that? That's I'm, I'm having a hard time struggling. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I kind of live with it every single day, and I'm saying, it, I'm saying it, I'm saying it, I'm saying it over and over and over, trying trying to do that. But uh, our memory verse for this this particular series is Colossians two eight. Now Colossians two eight, I have taken away some words. Okay, but I think we can still get this one. This is pretty easy. The little repetition in there. Okay, so let's try to say this together and then we'll do it a couple of times. At least you can say we, we've done it and, and maybe that'll be planted in your heart. So here it is, Colossians 2.8. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than, get the last word, christ who got it yeah i didn't hear anybody i just heard myself all right here we go let's do it again be careful that no one takes you captive okay through philosophy and empty deceit good based on human tradition based on the elements of the world rather than Christ, yeah, we, we're going to get there. Next week, we're going to do it, okay? Now, next week, we'll, we'll have this this particular verse. If you will, let's stand together. Um, I'll read just a few of, of Daniel chapter 3, and then I'll, I'll finish it while you can be seated. So let's just read, starting in verse 1. I love this text, and I love the story of Daniel. And there's, there's many others we could choose, but I love what we're going to see, and I think it's very applicable to fathers. It's going to be applicable to you. It's going to be applicable to you graduates as you embark on the new journey, this new path that you're going to be on and and being away from mom and dad. And we'll talk about those things in a minute. Okay. So starting in verse one, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet high and nine feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to assemble the satraps, the prefects, governors, administrators, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to attend the dedication of the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue the king had set up. Then they stood before the statue Nebuchadnezzar had set up. A herald loudly proclaimed, People of every nation and language, you are commanded... When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, you are to fall face down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and every kind of music, people of every nation and language fell down and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. You as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Now if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God who we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Let's pray. Father, this morning, speak as only you can speak. Open up our hearts. Open up our eyes so we can see. Let those who have ears today hear what you have to say. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. What a powerful, powerful, powerful text we have, and let me say this I you know these young Jewish boys these young men here's the deal they were taught they were taught by their parents something to stand on graduates you're standing on a foundation of eighteen years of learning that your parents have taught you your grandparents have taught you you've been in and around people in your life that have poured into you. You're standing on this day of graduation, standing on shoulders because you have not done this alone. Just as the old phrase is said, that turtle didn't get on that fence post by itself. You are standing on the shoulders, ready to embark in a new endeavor in life. Fathers, you're looking at this particular day, and, and with great joy, you're just so proud of your kid. You're excited for this particular day, either you're proud because they're accomplishment, or hey, hallelujah, they're about to get off my payroll. Whichever one, right? But you're proud of them. Your influence matters. Your influence, your teaching, your modeling, your walk with Jesus matters. These men in the text today had somebody who poured into them and it made a difference in their life to stand against something so strong that they had the core conviction within themselves that they weren't going to bow down to anything else. I'm very blessed to have a father who loves Jesus. I'm blessed to have a father who has, has raised me up and prayed for me and, and modeled what it was like to follow Jesus in his life and working as a postman and and now being retired and and um, So I've learned a lot from him I've been able to see him in action. I've I've seen his work ethic I have a father-in-law here with me today who has poured into every one of us and I've been around the family for about 30 years And so for 30 years, he does not know how much he has influenced me just being in the family and walking through the fire that he's walked through recently has taught me amazing stuff. The fire that he was in on this day, he's driven a big stake in the ground to show what love is. That's the influence that you have as father-in-laws and as fathers to your kids. And if you walk with Jesus, it's an eternal difference. In your family, it it makes so much difference for your family because they can make a big impact. We we seem like we leave all the education, teaching, and training to our moms, but it's our dads who walk daily with Jesus. It makes a major impact in the family structure. Now, these boys are exiled. They're making decisions. And so, really the first thing that I want us to see in this text is, is simply this. You will be confronted with idols in this life. And I think some of the older generation can say, yep, amen. You will be confronted with idols in this life. See Daniel 3, 4, uh, 4 5, and 6. It says, a herald loudly proclaimed, people of every nation language, you are commanded. Not suggested. No, you're commanded. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the drum, and every kind of music, you are to fall face down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. And in that moment, I can just see in their minds, they had planted this deep down in their spirit. It was Exodus 20. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. Verse 3, do not have other gods beside me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow in worship to them and do not serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, bringing the consequences of the Father's iniquity on the children of the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Can't you see it? I mean, when you hear the music played... You've got to fall face down to worship the God, the statue, the tall statue, 90 feet tall that King Nebuchadnezzar stood down and they said no. We remember that, man, when being brought out of slavery, man, our forefathers and our folks, our people, God told us to have no other gods beside me. That was driven way down in them. What's an idol? I'm sure you know, anything that competes with god for your heart's affection we don't make images out of stone or wood or whatever else for us i mean specifically for us today in this culture there's others that do around the world but we we make idols in different ways whatever gets our heart's attention our heart's affection away from god is really that idol in your life and it can be really something that's good but it's an idol Pastor Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, is an, an idol is usually whatever rouses and attracts me so easily that I give my time, my attention, my energy, and my money to it effortlessly. It, it's easy. Effortlessly. It's easy. I don't have to think about it. It's like automatic pilot. I, just, I give all my time and attention to it. With no regard to anything, I, just, I give my time to it. Well, what are some of the idols maybe in our lives? Pleasure. Excessiveness, accomplishments, wealth, sex, work, control, comfort, significance. Those are some things that are jockeying for our attention. Those are some things that can get, get right there front center. See, we can be sure to this over and over again that idols will present themselves over and over again. It's not a one time deal. These idols will continue to come back over and over and over and over throughout your life. And they rear their heads in different stages of life. Can be the same issue as a young man, young woman, but will also come back later on. Idols, listen to this. Idols always overpromise and they underdeliver. Oh, they'll sell you a wooden nickel in a heartbeat. Not worth anything, but they'll sell it to you. The idols will tell you all these great things about it. They always over-promise, but they underdeliver. deliver Idols take. They're like Jimmy, right? My name is Jenny. Jimmy. I'll take all you can give me. Idols take. They never give. Idols lure us away from the best that God has for us. It reminds me of Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. The fountain of living waters, and they've hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. See, idols cannot satisfy us. Idols cannot satisfy the longing of our souls. That's the only place that we have that God-sized shaped heart in us, that only space that only God can fill. That's the only place that only God can fill, and idols can't do that. They can't satisfy us. They're full of lies. They're God's substitutes. And they, really, they jockey for our ultimate meaning, validation, and purpose in life. That's what idols are. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all understood the idol made with hands would not ever satisfy the longing in the hearts of them or for the people. They place an eternal trust and hope in the living God. You will be confronted with idols in this life. Graduates, you will be confronted with idols in this life. People of God, you will be confronted with idols in this life. And the second thing I want us to see that obeying God is not always popular. Obeying God is not always popular. Anybody want to amen that one? I see some heads shaking in the back, back there. Yes. Hey, just just get in the fire a little bit. Have have a little turbulent situation, or have some trouble going on, and, and let's see let's see where you stand. It's revealed. What's down deep? See, obeying God is not always popular. What happened to them in in, in verse twelve of chapter three? There are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. See, the motive was not a devotion to the king. Don't, don't, don't let that mis, mis, just fool you or mislead you. Okay, The motive of the Chaldeans was not a devotion to the king or his demands, but it was a hatred for those three young men. They didn't like those three young men. Now they're to do everything they can to trap them, to put them in a different situation, to go against the king because they knew, hey, listen, if you go against the king, you don't bow down, what happens? You go to the fiery furnace. Matthew, 10, five, uh, Matthew chapter five ten through 12 said this, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I love Jesus' words here to us. It says you are blessed even when they insult you. Graduates, you've been through school. You've been through 12 years of school. You know those that have insulted you if you've lived, I mean, a day, you know somebody's insulted you or gone against you. And sometimes it gets even worse or more dramatic the older you get. Because then you start playing these protective games because you get hurt. But he says, listen, be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. See, nothing on this earth will be as good and as great and as glorious as our reward in heaven. As good as your life may be here, as good as you may have it here, as good as your parents are and your grandparents are, if you still have them, or as good as your friends are, as good as you feel like your life has, guess what? The best is yet to come. Whew, I feel like I'm preaching myself today. Psalm 83, 2 through 5, listen to this. See how your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have acted arrogantly. They devise clever schemes against your people. They conspire against your treasure ones. They say, come, let's wipe them out as a nation so that Israel's name will no longer be remembered. For they have conspired with one mind. They form an alliance against you. Man, that's, do you realize that that is... That's what it's like for the people of God who, who choose the one true living God... That we say that he is the, the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody can come by the Father except by me. Nobody can go to him. That's what we see. We hate you. We want to annihilate you. We want to wipe you off the face of the earth. But the good thing is, is amongst all that persecution, amongst all that fire, the church continues to thrive. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Listen to this. And, I, and, and graduates as well, as far as us adults. Here's what Peter said to the apostles. They replied this way. They were in a situation. And here's how they responded. Just listen to these words. We must obey God rather than people. Now, you may be in a family unit, family structure, where you, you're in a quandary. Do I honor my father or mother or do I and go against what God's telling me? Seems like a quandary, doesn't it? Seems like a hard situation. In life, we have to obey God rather than people. Because you will always, 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 in that sense, be right. It's what's right, it's what's biblical. Do what the Father tells you. What what, what did Jesus say? Listen, I only do and say what my Father's taught me. What he tells me to do, I'm only doing that. Follow God. We talked about this last week. The names of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We said Daniel's name was God is my judge. We said that Hananiah means the Lord shows grace. Mishael, who is like God? Azariah, the Lord is my help. They were going to stand firm and they were going to obey God rather than the king. Listen, they chose to go to death. It's said that 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 fiery furnace, it was so hot that those guards taking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the fire got burned up themselves. They lost their life, taking them to the fire that that fire supposedly was somewhere in the ballpark of like 1,800 degrees. That's a pretty hot fire. 1,800 degrees. I mean, it's an absolute miracle they survived. The king's men died. They survived it. And we'll talk about that in just a second as well. So you'll be confronted with idols in this life. You'll be obeying God is not always popular. And the third thing I want us to see today is embrace a countercultural lifestyle. Listen, embrace. Embrace a countercultural lifestyle with confidence, conviction, and commitment. We see this in verses 13 to 16. I mean, 16 to 18, sorry. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Man, that's strong. That, that's, that's conviction. That's commitment. That's confidence in their God. I mean, they're saying things like, I will not bow down to your God or anyone else. I will trust in God's promises. I will trust in God's provision, His protection, and His plan. And listen, no matter what happens, even if His ultimate plan is for us to die in the fire, we're not going to bow down to your God's. That's conviction. That's commitment. That's a confidence in a God that they truly believed in. See, they trusted the Lord to decide their destiny while still being faithful to Him. Are you living that way? Have you put your life in God's hands so much that you're trusting the Lord with your destiny, your future, that while that's still going on, you're going to be faithful to Him no matter what? See, graduates, you, you may have in your mind mindset that, hey, I'm going to go after this particular career path, and God says, well, I really want you over here. You may change your major several times. Anybody else do that besides me? I was, I was almost like a career college kid. I mean, I almost never got to band directing because I just stayed in school all the time. And my mom says that. Well, now I'll leave that for next week. Um, but what God tells you, follow Him because you'll be fulfilled in life doing what He wants you to do. And you'll be fulfilled in your life following His career path for you, for you to be a light, for you to be a difference in whatever area that you're going to be in see they trusted god for the outcome instead of trying to make their own outcome happen see trust and faithfulness were key to their walk with god when we walk with the lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but His smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Then in fellowship, sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sins we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how i proved Him more and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Deliverance and rescue Pierce says this are not the issues. It's confession and obedience, even if it costs them their lives. Their God and only their God is worthy of the ultimate sacrifice. You'll be confronted with idols in this life. obeying God is not always popular, embracing a countercultural lifestyle with confidence, conviction and commitment and the last thing i want us to see is i'm gonna read read the rest of this chapter that when we walk in the furnace know that jesus is already waiting for you isn't that great i don't know about you i mean it didn't say when you walk in the fire furnace that hey just hang on there for a little while he's gonna show up no he's gonna be there with you I'm going to start at verse 24. Therefore Daniel went to uh, Arioch, whom the king had a sight. No, sorry. My bad. My bad. That was wrong. 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped in alarm. He said to his advisors, didn't we throw three men bound in the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, look, I see four men not tied walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, your servants of the Most High God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. When the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I issue a decree that anyone of any people, nation, or language who says any offensive uh, against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb and his house made a garbage dump for there is no other god who is able to deliver like this than the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon nothing nothing came against them in that fire can you i mean i don't know about you but i've had a campfire before and i can get around it for like 3 seconds and i smell like smoke i can get close enough to it and the hairs on my arm are singed I've already lost the hair on my head. These guys, nothing happened to them. Man, the robes weren't, weren't I mean, everything. And they didn't even smell like fire. Mm. Reminds me of several verses that I'm going to finish it with today as we wrap up. Romans eight thirty-seven to 39. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will neither Leave you or abandon you. 1 Peter four, twelve to 14 Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when His glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remained faithful regardless of the pressure they faced. The king's idolatry had no allegiance or hold on them. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. Despite living in a pressure-packed society that consistently invites disloyalty to the Lord... His followers can be assured of the presence in the midst of the fire. God is fully capable of supernatural deliverance from the intense heat of pressure or to bring his faithful ones safely home to him. Here's the deal. If you can grow, graduates, in a faithfulness to God, realize this. Just realize, I mean, I want you to just kind of press in for just a second and listen to this. I said this to somebody a few weeks back here, can't remember which one, but I said this, you're going to blink and you're going to be as old as us. I, I have blinked and I have three kids and I have five grandkids. Some of you have blinked and you've got a lot more in your family unit than I do. But you're going to blink and... You're going to be sitting where your parents are sitting. And life's going to be different. But I promise you, if you'll have the conviction, the commitment of of like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you'll have that in your life right now, if you'll drive a stake in the ground for God, you can trust and obey Him in your life. Listen, happiness and joy. Is a great thing to have in your life. And that last time I checked, joy was one of those fruits of the Spirit. But you don't want to make decisions in your life that you're going to constantly be looking back and looking back and say, well, I wish I didn't. Because Satan loves to bring that back up to you and put you through another fire on it. Because we can self-inflict pain on ourselves a whole lot greater sometimes than others can. These idols will come up again in your life. And you have to consistently battle them with God's word and prayer in your life. Graduates, it's a great day. We celebrate your accomplishments. The greatest accomplishment that you have made to this point, and I've I've saw it on the video, I've, I've heard it from you, is the fact that you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord. This life is a vapor. This life is very fast. It's very quick. No matter if you live to 90 or 100, it's very quick in the scheme of an eternity that is forever. See, that's the confidence that that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. Hey, King, we're not going to bow down to you because, listen, if he rescues us or he doesn't rescue us, hey, listen, we do one of two things. We're either going to be rescued out of the fire and we're going to live our life trusting and being obedient to God or we're just going to meet him. And live happily ever after. Happy Father's Day. Graduates, it's a big day. We're excited for you. We're excited to see what God is going to do in and through you. Drive the stake in the ground to trust Him. For there's no other way but to follow Him all the days of your life. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we have heard your word out of Daniel and we have parents in the room and we have graduates in the room and our congregations here today, Father, we just thank you so much for what you have done up to this point. Father, it seems like maybe we feel like we're in the fire. But we have to realize, Father, that you are with us. You're before us. Your word says that you do go before us. And Lord, I just, I just pray right now that um, really Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 for these graduates that they will trust you with all their heart, their mind, their soul, and the strength. They'll, they won't lean on their own understanding Because a lot of things in this life is not going to make a lot of sense. But that they'll trust you with everything that they have. That, Father, this word will carry them the rest of their days on this side of eternity. To make a difference in the lives of those that they're going to come in contact with. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our midst today and I lift this up to your holy name this morning